he's in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire siphon water. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gondahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gondahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent Green is people! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. In this podcast, we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. And in this episode, we'll discuss Sphere from 1998, directed by Barry Levinson. I describe it as a sort of survival, science fiction, action, drama kind of thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Linnea? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty accurate description i would say um yeah underwater survival uh yet also space survival kind of uh, strangely <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll get into more into that later <laughs> we'll explain everything don't worry <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because so for this episode we were also meant to both watch the abyss yes by David Cameron. Now you watched The Abyss, and that's from 1989, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, how how would you describe that one? I've also seen it, but it's been like 12 years, so I don't think I can uh, talk that much about it. Um, well, I think Sphere is, at least to to some extent, a uh, wannabe of The Abyss. Um, <laughs> I think The Abyss. It's, it isn't quite as much horror as I think Sphere is sort of touching on. Um, but otherwise, Sphere, The Abyss is uh, the superior film. Uh, it is also an underwater slash space uh, survival science fiction film. Um, and it is really, really good. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, as I remember The Abyss, I thought it was a very interesting take on sort of Okay, so kind of spoiler here now. Spoiler, spoiler, alert, alert, alert. <laughs> Alarms are ringing right now. But so it's 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 an, it's an interesting take on first contact and mm. like what can that look like, like with an alien life form. So I think that is like one of the classics in science fiction films because of that. I think it's a very well made um, movie. Like as I remember it, I remember being very impressed and very really having this sort of feeling like they're definitely underwater and they really do a lot with that whereas in sphere mm. where they're also underwater it's it feels it doesn't have the same weight both physically as in you know water really has this sort of pressure and denseness to it when you're that far under the surface but it also doesn't have a lot of weight in terms of the fear you might feel when mm. you're trapped in a small space with a very little amount of air and and or a, or a swimsuit um or a wetsuit that's really tight on your body and that's like just a thin later layer of fabric really between you and and um uh drowning <laughs> <laughs> exactly. i don't quite get that with sphere i do think it has its moments but it's not there quite as well as i remember for example the abyss being hmm. yeah i i absolutely agree with you the abyss uses uh 
its environment much much more and much yeah. better than sphere um like you say you know this fear or these sort of um dangerous situations that can happen when you're underwater uh they all they actually play a part in the abyss not yeah. quite to the same extent in sphere or not as successfully at least <laughs> yeah um and so. also yeah also one thing that mm. i would say is um a positive <laughs> a, a plus a gold star for the <laughs> abyss is that uh the characters are just much better in the abyss mm. uh mm. not they, i'm not necessarily saying they are better people uh because you can argue that some of the relationships uh, in the abyss are maybe not so mm. good or well developed or in a mo- with modern eyes they might not look so good but they are realistic they are human and the people actually act like humans would uh, which <laughs> I can't actually say about all the people in the sphere but uh, no <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that also yeah <laughs> So so maybe this is the perfect time then to sort of go over these two films and what they are about. I think I will leave the abyss to you and I can maybe quickly go by sphere. Or do you feel like that there is a better way to present the two? No, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with the trash fire and then we can get into... <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the dumpster dive with a whole lot of treasure in it. Uh, that is the abyss. So the sphere is, or just sphere, I should say, it's kind of interesting because it's based on a book by Michael Crichton, who is, uh, I feel like, kind of the Stephen King, but in like science fiction <laughs> action <laughs> books. <laughs> like he churns them out, I feel like. <laughs> and he does have a lot of interesting ideas. So I'm always like intrigued when I see that there is a film that is based on a Michael Crichton book, because I do feel like... He has a way to sort of do things in a, like a. Like I've only read like one and a half of his books, but I do feel like it's very. It suits well to being adapted into film. It's probably what I want to go uh, mm. say. Mm. They're very cinematic, I think. Thank you. Even though they're books. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> exactly that. So uh, this movie starts out with a psychiatrist. Yes, psychiatrist, uh, played by Dustin Hoffman, of all people. Uh, We'll get into that maybe later, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And he is brought into a sort of almost, I want to say almost like a war zone, but like there are ships all around and they are way out in the ocean and he's taken there in helicopter to meet up with a military man who says that, well, you know, you wrote a report many years ago for a different presidential administration and that report is basically our bible over here like this is how we decide how we are going to work with with this uh, thing we have in the ocean (laughs) and Dustin Hoffman is like oh okay Uh, and in in this report he did he basically said that in if you're going to meet uh, an alien then you need a psychiatrist a marine or some sort of biologist I think Mm. And an astrophysicist and a mathematician. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe those were the ones yes. to sort of have your A-team to deal with with this sort of situation then. 
So um, he meets up with the team and they get to know that they there is a spaceship underwater, like way, way, way underwater. <laughs> and it landed in, like it, it crashed or landed there in like 1789 or something like that. So it's, it's or 1729, like it's been there for a very, very long time. Mm. And they are there to sort of investigate and open up a hatch also. So they are taken down there and um, start their sort of investigation. They open up a hatch. Um, relationships and sort of interactions are being set off. And uh, Dustin Hoffman, the psychiatrist, also is um, very familiar with uh, another character in this team who is the marine biologist. And then uh, things start uh, hitting, uh, shit starts hitting the fan, let's say. (laughs) Because they encounter, on this weird spaceship, they encounter something um, very, very mysterious. Like a very enormous ball (laughs) or sphere, uh, which doesn't reflect them. Like it's, it's completely... It's almost like a mirror, but it doesn't reflect them. And it's very, un- it makes them uneasy and un- unsure what's happening. And also they find evidence that, in fact, this spaceship is not a spaceship that aliens, mm. alien to us, landed on our, our Earth. No, no. There are humans <laughs> on board this ship. And they, because of accidents, sort of, entered a a black hole I think was the thing the gimmick they used um yeah yeah (laughs) and and they uh entered you know made it made made a time travel and and ended up here (laughs) I like I like that expression made a time travel (laughs) yes I was like well they they did made a time travel and (laughs) they should have honestly picked up a better brochure for their next travel like Bahamas or (laughs) Antarctica, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's the setup. And then they basically sort of need to survive and interact with with this being. But it's not it's not as cut clear as it seems to be f- for them in the beginning. And then the mystery unravels from there. Mm. Anything you want to add to that? No, I think that covered... Um the important parts or yeah. uh, I should yeah. say the, the most interesting parts um, yes <laughs> <laughs> because I, I sphere on the surface haha surface uh, <laughs> pun intended uh, <laughs> um, it, it doesn't sound so bad you know that the concept is yes uh, intriguing fascinating yeah. interesting yeah. Uh, exciting yeah. But in practice, in execution, goddamn, is this film boring? <laughs> it's so boring. Like I almost, I almost wish it was worse than it is. If mm. you get what I'm saying, like, and here's the thing. Like I was, I was saying previously, like, oh, Dustin Hoffman. Like I feel like he's miscast. I don't think he's doing a bad job with it or anything. I just don't buy into. His him and how he's mm. doing the role kind of but it still he still does like a good performance all of these actors like we have Sharon Stone as uh, the marine biologist whom uh, uh, Dustin has a relationship with and we also have Samuel L. Jackson also very good actor 
And then we also have uh, Lee, Liv Schreiber, also well-known, good actor. And surprisingly, surprisingly uh, Queen Latifah, uh, who was cut way too short in, in this film. I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. So, you know, competent actors. I almost wish they were, weren't. Because <laughs> mm. it might have been entertaining that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was sort of thinking uh, as I was sitting watching this. Um, I wish it was another life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, my God! I hate another life, uh, as we sort of established in our, our yes. special bonus episodes of the podcast. Yes, but another life is when you talk about it the way Eba and I do. It's fun, you know. Eba and I have a great time shitting on another life yes. but severe I don't know quite how, how you can it's, do that and, and enjoy yourself <laughs> like it's hard it's hard to, to shit on sphere in the same way <laughs> that you can entertainingly shit on uh, another life mm. and honestly I'd rather watch another life like multiple episodes than watch, watch sphere again because mm. I do think like there is something With this sort of hair fine line between good and bad. And this movie ain't writing it like <laughs> the way I want it to. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> and like, I feel like it's it's too bad. Because like, as you say, like the concept is interesting. Like the idea is interesting. <coughs> it is kind of like trying to do the abyss thing. So I am, I wonder if Michael Crichton wrote this before or after the abyss i'm thinking i'm, I, I'm actually going to look that up uh while you maybe have some insightful thoughts while i <laughs> 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 well to get back to something that i i mentioned earlier about the characters i they don't act human uh, or, or they don't act like like we would you know there's there are, there's a lot of spouting exposition and and you know the 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 cliche term of it's telling not showing mm. uh you know mm. i we, we always keep getting back to that expression you know show mm. don't tell uh right this, mo this movie ain't it it's no. telling a lot uh and and not always um smoothly <laughs> it it's i think clumsy could almost be the way mm. to put it like some of the plot twists or i don't know if that if that's precisely the word i want to use but sort of or, or, or some of the reveals and mm. also how mm. some things are sort of be like uh, oh look at this doesn't that make you think all of, all of those things are done so clumsily which makes the mystery not feel too mysterious like it exactly, just it's just exactly. bland mm, mm. it's uh. i mean just take for as an example uh this whole revelation that uh dustin hoffman's character the psychiatrist that he yeah. essentially just made up this article on first contact mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. he, he just he took a bunch of inspiration from sci-fi authors and and then he just sort of wrote down the names of people he knew you know beth the marine biologist played by sean stone was actually his patient at the time and he was just like yeah she should be on the team uh, no one's gonna read this anyway <laughs> here you go <laughs> here you go 
and and the way that is revealed in the movie that he he essentially made all these things up is that he tells it to another character instead of us as viewers sort of getting hints about it throughout you know maybe we see him yeah. hi- hiding a paper or something i don't know what have you uh, <laughs> like we could have we could have been if if things were sort of sprinkled rather mm. than just being blur- blurted mm. out we could have really had like almost like a horror movie scenario where like we are really doubting our main character and like mm. really like wondering what is going on and like why has he why has he put this team together like is there an ulterior motive to that <laughs> and maybe he even knew about the spaceship like there could be a ton of things that could be done with that and also when you sort of add in the time travel aspect you could really sort of make it creepy with that like mm. i don't mm. yeah so so lost potential mm. <laughs> in that regard definitely and also to take another example uh later on in the film uh queen latifah you, as you mentioned she's uh killed yeah. by these uh oh. strange uh jellyfish and they catch one of these and uh uh, Sharon Stone's character investigates it and, and we don't see her do that. We just see her sort no. of uh, screwing around with it a little bit. And then she says, oh, this is like no jellyfish fish, uh, that I've ever seen or that exists. Or, or I don't remember the exact quote, yeah. but yeah. something of that nature. But she doesn't tell us how or why or no. what did she see that she made this conclusion. You know, it's, uh. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. She, she died by jellyfish and then poke poke oh it's not uh, it's not really jellyfish it's not like nothing I've ever seen and you you're just sitting there as a viewer like okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess it's a new species then I, good for you <laughs> what do you want to name it <laughs> like it, yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird and that that whole thing like we can also maybe spend like a little moment talking about which it as a scene it's supposed to be frightening so queen latifah she is um tasked with sort of resetting a small submarine that is meant to go to the surface uh, for various reasons it doesn't it doesn't matter they escape mm. it in, in it by then oh i'm sorry spoilers but they escape in it because of course they do of course they make it but whatever <laughs> and and not all of them. no f- fair <laughs> some die and die horrifically and i'll you know hats off to that i guess mm. But so that scene is supposed to be um, really frightening, but it just comes off as so silly, so silly. So she is walking there and then she's like, oh, my God, so beautiful. A bunch of uh, jellyfish. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. Jellyfish. They're so beautiful. Oh, my God. It's like, yes, do your task. Do you see that they are increasing? They are weird. And then they sort of start to very slowly attack her and i just got this sort of like 50s monster film kind of vibes Mm. (laughs) slowly attacking and the person has all the time in the world to run away but they don't because they just don't because the scene's not supposed to be like that and then like the finale is of course like the abduction and and weird remarks by by Sharon Stone's character and it's just like well I don't know <laughs> but y'all are incompetent I don't know <laughs> bad report Dustin bad <laughs> uh, and also uh, so 
you you mentioned earlier when you were presenting um mm. the characters uh, mm. you you said that um Dustin Hoffman's character and Sharon Stone's character was sort of in a relationship but that's mm. not entirely mm. true that's it's no. a little bit more complicated than that it it's never 100% established or at least not that I sort of picked up upon but she was once his patient mm. and she was I think depressed or, or suicidal or something of that nature uh, and on medication she's I think still on medication for that yeah yeah and there's heavy implication throughout the film that their relationship at that point past a, a, a point beyond what is ethical for a psychiatrist to do with yes. his patient uh, might or might not have been romantic it was probably sexual it's the, the, the yeah. details are hazy but something of that mm. nature um, and it was also implied that he was married at the time so yeah you know that that's our main character people uh, <laughs> our favorites Which- <laughs> Honestly, I think it's fine for a character to be flawed in that way. And I do think that, I mean, he does grow. I was a bit worried that their relationship would end up being like, oh, we reconnect and everything. And I was like, but mm. he's still wearing the wedding ring. And that situation sounds like it was way off with the power dynamics mm. and just not, not proper. But actually, like he, after the whole ordeal, like he actually grows and he says, like, if I remember correctly, he says something like, um, that thing that I did to you was inappropriate and I'm mm. sorry. And yes. she was like, yeah, it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> because yes. obviously, like, she didn't come unscathed out of that. And he sort of recognizes, like, what mm. he did so i think i think that was good even though i might not have been very interested in that whole relationship yeah and i mean the I way could I have been <laughs> but i am <laughs> the way i i well, my, my feelings on that are very uh, ooh, complicated <laughs> uh, as, <laughs> <Do> as, tell. <laughs> as you say he he does grow throughout the movie um, and I think she does too. And, and they yeah. sort of, um, you know, when they meet in the beginning of the film, uh, it's been a while since they last saw each other and they parted on not very good terms. Uh, and now throughout the film, they sort of get the chance to really sort of come to, to a good ending mm. on whatever it was they had. Mm. Uh, they, they, they sort of, they don't quite, talk it through but you know their their sort of shared experiences here bring them to a point where they are okay with each other they're probably gonna part ways afterwards after this is all over uh but they are on good terms with each other and yes thumbs up for that you know they 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 had problems and they deal dealt with them and things ended pretty well for them and i also don't have a problem with the main character being flawed or being, well, I would say actively unlikable for for, <laughs> Norm, for Dustin Hoffman's character. Uh, I just, I, I, I hate him. I think he's a dirty old man. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't quite like is how that conflict and how that sort of mm. toxic relationship mm. is... Uh, 
is contrasted against all the other things that's that's going on. Mm. It, in the beginning, I would say it's a little bit forced drama. It's a little bit forced tension between the characters. That sort of feels a little bit... I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel realistic in some way. Um, and then later on, as they are starting to patch things up between each other, those parts, those sort of nuggets of information we get of their past yeah. are sort of, I don't know, sprinkled at odd times in the film. It's mm. not... Yeah, fair. It, fair. It, it's it's not paced well. It's not balanced well, I think, with the other scenes. But, mm. but you know, that's that's my experience and my opinion. You know, people might think differently, but yeah. Yeah, but I, I think, like, pacing and how they how the movie <coughs> presents you know reveals and scenes and everything like that's its main issue mm. like you could have done a lot with this sort of story and you could have done a lot with these like a-lister actors i mean but then you have samuel l jackson like sleeping half the time i feel like and it's just like i don't know if that's the best i like it's it's important for the like for the plot that mm. it's like that but it still feels like I think, like, the way that they f- sort of fumbled with the whole, like, he wrote a report and it turns out that it's bogus. Like, that should have mm. been a... Like, if the, if it was <laughs> if it was any other movie, like, that would have been a major point of contestation. I don't know if that's the word. But, like, <laughs> that would have been a major mm. point of conflict. Mm. And that would have released certain things, I feel like, into the crew and things would have been starting to sort of... Mm, not go very easy and like the machinery would start to like do weird <laughs> weird mm. <laughs> noises because of that reveal and I, it's it just fizzles out and i feel like that's what it does it's almost I- even like the 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 sphere and when one of them sort of enters the sphere because it turns out that you can do that like even that is sort of like anticlimactic mm. and then it comes back and it just looks it just looks like two uninterested people next to a green screen which it obviously is but it still <laughs> doesn't help <laughs> a struggling film that it looks and feels <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah okay okay so so the whole thing with entering the sphere that that's yeah. like a huge thing <laughs> in the film that that's mm-hmm. uh, the cause of all their problems essentially, yeah. essentially. but the thing is they don't enter like literally enter the sphere no. they, they just sort of stand next to it and look into it and they see sort of their reflection move across the surface and that causes changes that makes them able to to manifest their fears in in physical form um very strange fears pa- and wishes yes and apparently they all sort of <laughs> sort of do it uh, <laughs> but my my problems with that then there's many problems but <laughs> a when they show the sphere, they actually show it. Like there's no, there's very little build up when they go in this oh, ship. None. Yeah, when they go in this ship, and I'm gonna call it the spaceship. But that's that's what it is. It's, it's not yeah. alien, but it's a spaceship. They go in there and they come into this big room and then they sort of line up and they say, "Oh, what a what a weird sphere!" And then you 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 cut to a scene behind them, and you're looking at the sphere, and you're just like, "Oh, that that was anticlimactic." Yes, yes, very. 
so, it's, so. <laughs> it's really it's just there it's it's so weird why mm. it's done like that it's like like contrast that with a film like arrival mm. you know and the feeling and the sort of how that's that fantastical spaceship is presented and the mm. and the sort of eeriness that comes out of that and you know people's face and everything like it's it's couldn't be more different mm, mm. and th- and i think it, it it should evoke that in sphere but it, it, it it's oh <laughs> yes so it's very anticlimactic and then uh the first person who quote unquote enters the sphere mm. is uh, samuel l jackson jackson's character harry samuel Sam- samuel. samuel l jackson uh, <laughs> So what's well, what we're calling from now on? <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> suddenly he was French. And what's going on? Um, this happened fairly early in the movie. I don't remember the exact timestamp, but but it's it's one of the sort of big things in the beginning. One of mm. you could almost mm. argue it's like uh, the inciting incident because it's it's after this that. Shit really <laughs> starts to go to hell. Uh, uh, but the thing with that is, you know, after he's been in the sphere, um, he starts acting strange, very strange. And you as a viewer sort of, oh, you know, this is very suspicious and, you know, what's going on with him. But the thing is, we we haven't really gotten a chance to get to know him before. So... Nail on the head, Linnea. Yes. Nail so, so on the head. I was like, I don't know if this is his personality. Like, exactly. It was exactly. way weird. Like, it's, yes. Why? And it's established that both Sharon Stones and, and Dustin Hoffman's character, they both enter the sphere as, uh, as well at different time points. They don't start acting as strange. So what's the point of Harry doing that? Or is that no. just his personality? We don't know. It's no. so strange. It's it's real. It's really, uh, which is all also why I didn't really believe when they were like, "Oh, I entered the sphere." Or did you enter the sphere? I just felt like I mm. do, I couldn't keep interest with it because they hadn't they hadn't set it up properly. Mm. There hadn't been enough moments. There hadn't been enough like clues or um, evoking the, uh, that emotion. Mm. So I was just like, I I don't I don't know. I don't care if you were in the sphere or not. Like I don't. <laughs> Yeah, and I also think, as I said, you know, the movie isn't consistent with how the personalities changes or possibly changes after they've been Mm. in the sphere because Mm. Harry, Harry's personality does change and Beth's and Norman's does not, I think. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But, But also, you know, Harry is, he's the one that we definitely know when he was in the sphere and we know that we perceive him or, or we're supposed to perceive that he his personality changes almost instantly afterwards mm. like not a long time has passed since yes. he starts acting quote unquote suspicious yeah and i think that 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 is a, a mistake by the movie because then or it's a it's a, it's kind of a red herring you know we're supposed to focus our attention on harry and sort of oh what's mm. going on with him mm. and then you know, sort of other mysteries also happen at the same time and, and you know, how is it all connected? I would have liked to have 
all three personalities, or all four if we count Ted, the astrophysicist, yeah. Um, yeah. have all four of their personalities sort of sub... sub Subtly, yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, change after they've been in the sphere. And, and mm. we as viewers would sort of pick up on, oh, now Harry did that. that. That's not like Harry. And then, oh, now Norman did this. And that's not like Norman. Yes. And then that would just sort of pile up on each other. And the tension mm-hmm. would rise. And, and, and the mystery would, would grow evenly, <laughs> if, if, if you understand what I'm, I'm saying here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I also feel like because then what you would... Because then you would have, as it was building up, like at mm. the very beginning, like building up slowly, you would also have like uh, some time where it's just like, is this just because they are under stress and they're mm. not dealing with it well? Exactly. Because you can yes. see them maybe handling some slightly stressful situations, kind of, you know, even headedly and being, you know, mm. more leaning to their scientific um, backgrounds. And then as, as they are sort of, behaving more and more weirdly then we would sort of sort of yeah be like hmm now they're acting kind of strange or is it just stress or not Mm. or like are Mm. they under the influence Mm. are they are they clones you know they could have like all all sorts of weird like thoughts um if you weren't in that direction so Mm. it's just like it's just a lot of lost potential i feel like when watching this yes and like you know moving on from characters or unless you have um any other comments yeah so i just i just wanted to hear your opinion because as you have the abyss more vividly in in your head like Mm. way more vividly (laughs) than me like it's so faded (laughs) unfortunately uh but like how do you how do you feel like how they handle the whole underwater situation like i would be interested like if you compare the two and like what makes one feel better when they are in suits or in small submarines and one not like obviously like david cameron has like a a genuine fascination with underwater like he the the technologies like he's developed for films has been used in like (laughs) underwater research like he's a nerd for that shit Mm. so obviously someone like that might be better at it but like if you were to compare and just like well to to take two examples from the abyss i think two different scenes that Mm. um for me are very memorable and i think for a lot of people are very memorable um one is where uh bud uh the main or one of the main characters in Mm. the abyss um he has to um take on a diving suit where he has to breathe uh liquid it's actually a liquid. It's it's a real thing. Uh, mm. It's yes. I don't I don't remember like the, the actual chemistry of it, but it's like uh, it it our lungs can take up uh, oxygen from this liquid. It's not water. It's it's a, a special liquid. And mm. if you are gonna dive on very very deep um, uh, ocean levels. floors, yeah. uh, yes, levels exactly. Um, you would need that because of pressure. You know, you can't actually yeah. breathe gas at certain certain levels because of pressure, etc. And we actually see when Bud takes on this suit and starts breathing water, and it's very or not not water, liquid, I should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he starts breathing liquid, and it's a very big thing because you know, imagine 
oh, breathing in so this. It's unnatural. Not, it, yes, it's so oh. unnatural. And it's just such... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of horrifying, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but but that is one of the things that uh, sort of really drives home how in the abyss you really have to think about the ice outside, mm. while in Sphere it seems very easy for them to, oh, I just quickly put on the suit, diving suit and go out and walk on the ocean floor and I walk over to the, the spaceship. It, it, they, they make it... So, so simple, I think. Like, I, I have a comment on that because at one point, like, they really do, like, pick up their suits and uh, mm. go for a li- little little walk mm. <laughs> so easily in, in, in Sphere. And, like, I think at one point they had, like, 25 minutes or something before um, a submarine would arrive mm. and take them away, like, from the um, underwater... Mm, habitat ba- habitat yeah, yeah. Uh, before a storm underwater storm is like mm. raging over them and it would be impossible for five days so I think they have like 25 minutes before they arrive and Samuel L. Jackson has entered the sphere and is missing <laughs> and the military guy is like well a little panic mm. and Dustin Hoffman thinks that it's a great idea in 25 minutes <laughs> To put on his like wetsuit mm. and everything, go and open the hatch and do all, all the, the, the things. Mm. <laughs> then try to find Samuel, bring him back to life or like wake him up or mm. something. Mm. And then have all of them go into the submarine in 25 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like I, you can hardly microwave stuff in twenty five mm. minutes. <laughs> like that's not true. But like you get what I'm saying. Like yes. it's just unbelievable. Like I don't know how I'm supposed to believe that. And mm. it loses. It makes me lose tension. Also, like I don't, I don't feel like any of it is under threat. And also mm. another thing that was so. Like I when when I saw this, I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is what I'm gonna deal with. And I was like, when, when the first time when they were going to the spaceship and they put on the wetsuits for the first for like for the first time as they were going to the like for the first time that they were en- entering the water and everything. But but obviously these guys had never worn these things before. Like mm. they had they had had none no, no training training. Mm. He was like, "Where do I? Wh- what? Where's the button for the light or something?" And I was like, mm. "My God, you need to know all the buttons, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> all the fail safes, <laughs> how to read all the monitors. <laughs> you can't go in there and be like, I don't know how to use a flashlight on my like. No, <laughs> no. Why did they do this to you? Why did you agree? <laughs> like, oh." <laughs> That was just like, okay, I see. And that was fairly early on. So I was like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> to sort of spin so, off your... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so also uh, the second scene in the abyss that I wanted to mention mm. is uh, a scene when they are in um, a little submarine or, or moving vehicle on the water. It's mm. uh, Bud and his wife slash ex-wife Lindsay Uh, yeah there's a whole relationship drama there too (laughs) Um, they things happen and they start taking in water and they are kind of stranded there Uh, and there's there's only one diving suit and oh no one is gonna have to drown and it's very very dramatic Mm. but there is this 
there there is this really great sense of danger as the water is rising and they have to quickly make decisions on who's gonna do what and can we save both of us and and you know it's and and there's this really really tiny space that they're in and very limited equipment and everything and the water Mm. is just such a huge danger as this is unfolding while in sphere towards the end when they all the characters are sort of figuring out that oh you went into into the sphere, and you went into the sphere, and I went into the sphere, and, and, and all that. Everybody went into the sphere. <laughs> Everyone did uh, go into the sphere, apparently. It's uh, a party over here. Come yeah. On. <laughs> well, but but uh, Beth is trying to make Norman, you know, Dustin character, Dustin Hoffman's <clears throat> character. Uh, she's making trying to make him admit that yes, I went into the sphere, and I am making some of these horrors appear that we are encountering Mm. and she does this by sort of locking him in the room and start to fill it with water and i'm just like that's such a nonchalant way of handling this that the fact that you are in an underwater habitat and you're (laughs) filling a room with water with a human inside and it all goes to hell and he saves himself by swinging swimming out and then swimming under and into another opening in a different part of the habitat and oh you know it's not nearly as dramatic as uh, when they do it in the abyss <laughs> and like on, and honestly like you as you're bringing up the scene like i don't know how underwater things work precisely but i feel like if you are that far below surface mm. level the pressure mm. the cold i mean i don't think he could do the thing he did like and and also like they sure they've been in this habitat for a while like i'm sure they've seen the schematics but being in that sort of like adrenaline filled panic mode that he's in it's super cold he's got this flimsy thing that he found on the floor in the lab like to have air basically mm. like it's mm. oxygen and and to find another hatch somewhere else in this habitat, I call bullshit. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> no way. <laughs> He's also like 60 years old. I mean, no hate. You can be a fit 60 years old. But but D- Dustin Hoffman doesn't come come off as it. <laughs> no, no. You know, I mean... That, it, that much I of don't an buy a- it. action bullshit. actor. Yeah. No. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I mean, as you're pointing out, why do they have so many openings on the habitat? Why is Beth able to open the room that he's in? Because that's like a, I don't know, research I room like or something. I what? Yeah, What's the why, use for that? Why do they have what? a hatch there? <laughs> and why do they have an open hatch that he is later able to swim in? I mean, uh, what? And also, it feels kind of dangerous to just like have an hatch. Ha- have a hatch like that. And also, in, yeah. in, it's like, it's just, it's just weird. And then like, and then creme de la creme or whatever you call it, like with him like surviving that whole thing after mm. that ridiculous scene i'm just like no i feel like his brain would be mush i'm not again i have no idea how underwater things work but i feel like you would be in deep shit if you were that <laughs> far underwater yes <laughs> and all you have is a tiny small oxygen mask thing uh, that's made for another kind of pressure than the one he's swimming around in and i don't buy it mm. <laughs> yes well he, um, maybe he actually dead and everything else is just purgatory <laughs> or something 
That's knows? one theory. That's one theory. Yes. <laughs> um, well, speaking of things that uh, we don't quite buy, uh, or mm. at least uh, from my, my point of view, uh, the <laughs> ending. What is your opinion on the ending, Eva? Oh, are you talking like the very, very ending where they stand in their kumbaya mm-hmm. circle mm-hmm. and decide to just forget? Uh, bullshit! <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think, I don't. Okay, so context. So they've come to the conclusion that they have sort of gained a power from the sphere. Again, I don't know how they came to that conclusion because I don't feel like that's really a logical conclusion no. to make based on the experience at all but hey what do i know they are traumatized too so i'll give them that but they decide that they've gotten this power and they sort of need to forget it because the reasoning is that since they in the spaceship had uh, registered this thing that happened to them as they entered the black hole as an unknown incident Mm then time the fact that that the spaceship sort of time traveled and, and that whole scenario hasn't isn't known mm. so they wouldn't know so like so they're like basically like, oh well how do we solve this sort of paradox yeah how do so, we know of this event now in the present and not in the future yeah yeah exactly so they decide like okay well, so we didn't die because that's what samuel L. jackson like i feel rightly assumed yeah <laughs> like fair <laughs> So they say, well, I, I think it was his idea also. Like, we, well, we should just forget it. So apparently standing in this circle and counting to three and deciding that, well, we'll just decide and wish to forget it now. will make it all go away. And I feel like, no, if it were that easy, then you wouldn't be in the shit you were earlier. Mm. Because you'd probably wish to be home and then you'd be home. So I... I don't buy it. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Oh no, no, it's it's bullshit. That that's like because yeah. I, I had seen Sphere uh, before this many many mm. years ago, like as many years ago right. as you watched the Abyss. I watched yeah, Sphere yeah. as it was on television, <laughs> and TV six, <laughs> probably <laughs> yes. Yeah, now that would be t- TV six in yes. English. Uh, not <laughs> it's not a sex channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> this is where you get your Jean-Claude Van Damme and Simpson. And as a youth, uh, I might have been on board with most of the other things going on in the movie, but not that ending. That I remember distinctly that I just hated. And as you say, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, A, nope. we have had no clue that their powers can manifest in such a way that they can forget things uh, or, or make wishes come true in, or what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, we've seen it manifest their fears, but that, that's a different yeah. thing, I would say, yes. Uh, and they have no reason to believe that that, that would work. Um, but if we assume that, yes, they can just stand and hold hand and decide to forget that... Mm. They have powers and forget about everything so that they can't tell the military about it, etc. That still shouldn't remove their powers, though, should it? I mean, no. just because they no. forget that they have them? No, no. no. I'd imagine like it, it, it really doesn't make sense because as I was watching it, I was just like, well, then you'd just forget that you have powers and you'd be super 
super confused when yeah. they are still manifesting things exactly. so it, it's it's just like well why why <laughs> exactly <laughs> no last straw i was pretty done by this point honestly as i was watching it i was like nope please roll mm. cl- credits mm. <laughs> but this was your first time viewing it right mm-hmm. mm. yeah i've seen i like this cover i think i've seen it so many times in you know streaming services and and secondhand but i've never like i've never picked it up i've never been interested enough and which is weird because like i do like underwater things i just Mm. i just think like based on the cover and you know dustin i mean god i'm hating so much on dustin hoffman like i I like him as a actor i just i don't weirdly cast (laughs) thank you i do i like him well i do like him like he's, he's he's all right but like i don't i feel like it's Sometimes you cast actors because you know that you are sending a message to the audience like we cast this person because we know that you know mm. <laughs> what you get. Mm. Uh, you get this kind of film. <laughs> mm. And I feel like the cover and, and, and uh, sort of him being there and, and in a way Sharon Stone, I guess. But she looks so weird that I didn't realize there was Sharon Stone until mm. I saw the scene where Sharon Stone entered this film i was like oh that's sharon stone like they did something weird to her face i feel like they yeah uh, it was the late 90s i think the haircut that she has is very 90s but i don't think she really it doesn't suit her i think in in my opinion but that's uh, no okay so can we get into that because okay so here's another like (laughs) tiny pet peeve early on (laughs) because she comes off as so butch to me mm. in the beginning like the way she talks the way she dress her hair uh, especially the way she talks and i was like wow sharon stone does a lesbian <laughs> like <laughs> like stereotypical lesbian really well uh, and then it turns out that no she and dustin hoffman had, had a relationship and i was like no <laughs> why did you do that like i was getting flashbacks to when um kristen, kristen stewart she was in another one of those like underwater films like two years ago, I want to say, in an underwater film ca- called Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. Just the most on the nose name ever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, so in this film, they also sort of styled her and sort of, to me, to me, made her come off as butch and then it mm. turns out that she is at least at the very least bisexual mm. and i just feel like why would you do that i mean of course i'm not saying that oh if you're a straight person you need to look straight or you can't you can't look butch or act i don't know but do you understand what i'm saying like if you if you've already have a character that's sort of kind of coded that way mm. why not freaking have a, a gay woman then like why you've gone 90 percent there (laughs) hop on over (laughs) hop on over to the full 100 (laughs) so kind kind of tiny weird pet peeve of mine Mm. uh as you were mentioning and mentioning her hair i was reminded (laughs) yeah i I, I, disagree (laughs) (laughs) no no I i think that's a very good point um I, I just wasn't sold on her hair, simply. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. It was a whole 90s uh, aesthetic there that, uh, yeah, 
I'm glad we left that behind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I haven't watched The Abyss, so it'll be kind of hard for me to discuss it. But is, is there anything you want to bring up about Abyss that you feel it could be worthwhile sort of contrasting with fear? Mm, it's a good film. Uh, we should do a separate episode on it. <laughs> yes, probably. It, it deserves its own, its own uh, space and time on our podcast, I think. Uh, but yeah, Definitely. I mean, just short answer is The Abyss is a really good film. Uh, yeah. And if you're choosing between one of them, pick The Abyss. Because Sphere is uh, not a great film. No, no. Entirely skippable, really. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You have our blessing to skip. <laughs> So interestingly, interestingly um, we didn't actually follow up on this uh, earlier, but uh, Sphere is uh, a novel by Michael Crichton written before the release of The Abyss. Yes. Yes. So uh, there, there is some mutual exchange of ideas there, I think, between, yes. the, <laughs> between the book. No shade on Michael. And, uh, and the Abyss. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> Michael... Uh, I, the, I don't have uh, experience with a lot of his novels, but he is a competent writer as far as I Definitely. Uh, am aware. Yes. Um, so Definitely. that's, uh, I mean, the, the book that The Sphere is based on might be really, really good. Uh, so it's, it's probably better, you know? Yeah, yeah probably. But like that, um, yeah, well, some story <laughs> points may be like still infuriating if they if they've picked it straight from the book. So, mm. you know, read True. at your own risk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, now we've talked about two underwater films and even a third if we're counting the Kristen Stewart one. But is there any any film that you feel like would do well for a movie night with um, Sphere? I mean, I made a movie night of Sphere and the Abyss, and that was yeah. honestly quite a good combo. Um, because uh, they they are the same yet different, uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who? I would probably go with um, something like The Thing. Uh, you know. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Carpenter's The Thing from '82. Uh, it's not underwater, but it's still isolated and sort of have dangers from the environment. Mm. Uh, it's not water, mm. it's more snow and ice and exposure, but uh, it's still it's, mm, the same exactly. kind of exactly. vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I'd recommend um, Last Breath. It's a documentary on Netflix. Ah, yes. Which um, is about a man who does this like um, really, really low, <laughs> like no low as in like low lev- level mm, on the ocean. Mm, deep. Uh, kind of, yeah, deep. Thank you. Like really deep um, ocean work like for oil rigs and, and, and things like that. So if something breaks or if there's some sort of sensor or something that needs to be fixed then he's the sort of guy who who doesn't and i believe like they they do get like paid a lot but they mm. it's 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 not an easy job and he gets uh there's an accident and he gets stuck on the ocean floor um and has very little oxygen because they the the host that is bringing the air into the suit uh, I think it's tangled up or something, and, and he loses ev- everything. And there's a storm. It's it's very 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 frightening and and engaging and interesting and and you know 
really hammers in the um, lesson that the ocean is kind of scary and <laughs> we're not supposed to be there. Like we are land monkeys. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's fine. But I, I think if if you felt like the sphere were a bit like taking things a bit too easy <laughs> with the dangers of being that low, then last breath can remind you that, yeah, it's it's terrifying mm. down there. Yeah. Yeah, I have that uh, that uh, documentary on my watch list. I haven't seen it mm. yet, but it's it's on my radar. I want to watch yeah. it. <laughs> Do so. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we have really um, <coughs> hammered Sphere's surface into a nice, smooth <laughs> sphere <laughs> with very little else to <laughs> dive into. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, the puns are strong in this episode, uh, or maybe <laughs> or not so strong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe the, they are at the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> as weak as the plot point in. <laughs> no, <laughs> or as weak as the infrastructure of the uh, the habitat <laughs> in sphere. Exactly. Exactly. My God, breathe on it and a little break. <laughs> Well, uh, listeners, if uh, you want to know more about us, you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes and similar places. And you can reach out to us at starcrashpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, join us next time as we sit down and talk about another movie. Bye bye. Bye.